Hey adventurers, Patrick here. First and foremost, thanks for giving us a listen today, and we hope you enjoy some recap from PAX Unplugged 2022. We wanted to get this episode together with that on the floor of the convention feeling, so most of the audio was actually recorded during the convention. As for our host audio, it was in the busy media room overlooking the con. We take genuine pride in the quality of sound on Level Up, and we hope that you folks have noticed. But when recording in busy areas, it's nearly impossible to give you that level up standard. That said, we work very hard on getting this episode together, and I hope it meets your expectations. Now, let's get on with this PAX 2022 Recap Side Quest. Welcome, adventurer, to the Level Up Board Game Podcast, a show that uses your experiences and opinions to discuss board games and the gaming community. Join the heroes as they conquer perils such as meeples, cards, and miniatures, all in an effort to level up. You're listening to the Level Up Board Game Podcast. Hey, adventurers. Welcome to episode 78 of the Level Up Board Game Podcast. This is Patrick. This is Explorer Josh. This is Teacher Ryan. And I'm back. It's King Scott here. Hey, let me tell you about the Game Toppers. Have you heard about them? Oh, stop Scott, it. Scott, no. <laughs> uh, um, Scott, your voice is uh, it's grovelly. You're lost. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's it's. I'm sorry. I can't hurt you now. <laughs> You've been shilling for three days straight, <laughs> literally all day. Your one break was to play. What were you doing last night? Oh, geez, last Art night Nova? we got to play Art Nova with Don and Berkey and Sean from our booth at Game Topper. So it was a good time. Great way to end up Saturday night. Well, Adventures, this is it. Episode, well, the first episode of Season 3. Yes, I thought we were going to start on a regular episode. Scott, you and I, we have some catching up to do. What with We need to do a top 5. Then we need to do our top 10 of Season 1. So we've got a lot of work to catch up on. That said, we're starting on a side quest. A little PAX recap. We're going to hopefully get Adventures down on the floor. We've got a lot of audio to play. First, guys, I want to start with this. It's kind of nice having the four of us together in one room. Nice to be here. Via Google, yeah. How about around the table? Uh, let's talk about the highlight of PAX so far. It can be a game. It can be something that you did. Why don't we start with our guests? I'll, I'll kick it over to Explorer, Josh. Give us a highlight of PAX. For I think the highlight of PAX for me, besides you know, meeting everybody here, being able to see everybody and be able to talk to people, doing a bunch of pitches, meeting a bunch of, you know. Oh, one thing, photos. one thing. We didn't want the live story. Okay, of well, you, I, okay, fine. I'll, I'll pick a game. So a game highlight for PAX. I'm going to actually say Findorf. Uh, Findorf okay. has actually been my highlight. Uh, that was just a fun time sitting around with you. I believe it was. was it? Oh, it was, so it was you, no, it was Andrew, your my, yeah, you and uh-huh. my co-host, and Britt, and Britt from yeah. Arcane Wonders. We sat around and played Findorf, which is the newest Freedman Freeze game. Mm-hmm. Not going to get too much into it, but a very simple game in all much respect, but lots of complexity and decisions you have to make. Right. So that was just a fun time. You know, it, was one of, it, was got, it was that con experience where it's late, everyone's tired. We're like, okay, we're going to sit down and learn Findorf. The enforcer gave a pretty terrible teach, and we had to kind of figure <laughs> oh, out afterwards. Yeah. Well, he didn't know that one, I gather. Yeah, he wanted to learn it on the fly with yeah. us. He did his best, but we figured it out eventually. So I want to say, you know, Friday night, just playing games with you all day, Pat, and be able to see Scott, meeting Ryan for the first time. That's been my highlight. Awesome. Well, Patrick, I know that you were playing Findorf with him, but uh, I understand that you both really, really liked the game, and mm-hmm. I was watching you play like the last portion of it, and it just took a while for you guys to get over the rule book for a little bit, but then how was the experience of Findorf itself? You know what? It kind of reminded me, you could get shades of Power Grid in there, what with a fluctuating market of the peat. 
Uh, the game has a built-in timer of the rails, which I like when players have some influence over the end of the game. You have a lot of decisions to make. I think for me what made it exceptional was that you see beige... And oh it's like, gosh. oh, this is going to be dry. It is, it is and overwhelmingly beige. But there's actually, those buildings are from what was built along that railway in the town. So it, it felt like there was actually a good bit of theme there. And something about like playing a classic look in Euro, it makes me feel like I'm doing something smart. Do you get that? <laughs> I feel like I got you know, a classy gamer. I'm mm-hmm. sitting around with all the old gents, the old guard. Yeah. Well, if that's, if that's the case, then if you teach it to me, since we don't have to look at the rulebook anymore, I, I would love to try that because it looked very intriguing when I came in. Are you going to buy it? To be determined. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Teacher Ryan, give us a highlight. Well, uh, one of the highlights I did was I joined a tournament that I have only played the game once, uh, and I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, that's the one that you taught me, <laughs> yeah. and that was classic. In fact, you were in this tournament with me. You and did better than I did. I, know. <laughs> I, I guess so, because I didn't expect myself to get so far, but I managed to go five wins without losing, and then I started to lose. But that put me in the top eight, which was enough to qualify for another tournament uh, today instead of yesterday, which is when we did that other tournament. And the winner was going to receive a PAX Unplugged 2022 customized class table if they were number one. Uh, second and third place would have gotten a new copy of the game, but that, ooh, that PAX Unplugged yeah, you won the was, PAX was table very, very, very that nice. Far. Purple. <laughs> you should have joined the skill. Since we got all that skill together oh, yes. at PGX Expo, Scott gets zoned in. Like once he, once he turns it on, you can't, you can't <laughs> score on him. You would have loved it. That was fun. It was fun. Uh, right before uh, the tournament itself, I think that's where I got the boost from. Was I played against someone who's trying to become the World Series, or sorry, the World tur- World. <clears throat> I played against somebody who was trying to be the World Champion of Flask, and he's going for it. But he taught me a couple things, like smacking the what are they called? Smacking the biscuits. Yes, yes, yes. Smacking the biscuits. <laughs> I tried to go all November without doing that. <laughs> but I, I think that's what par- carried me through. Unfortunately, today I did lose the first game, and so I went ahead and dropped. But hey, I got a $10 gift certificate. So that's awesome. That well done. Slapping the biscuit means very, something very different in the South. I'm, I'm, I'm going with what it's called. We'll just, you can't judge people to Google it. King, <laughs> King, I know you've been busy. I know you've been working for Berkey a lot. Mm-hmm. Give us a highlight amongst all this time you're spending over there. Well, I haven't had a chance to play many games, but the fun thing was last night I got a chance to sit down with Berkey, Sean from over the booth, Don from the Secret Cabal, and we sat down and taught Berkey how to play Ark Nova. So with the teach and playing it, it took us about three hours, I think it was. Okay. So uh, it ended up being a great experience. I've met a ton of great people, and it was great getting in touch with a lot of friends and seeing them again and actually seeing all you guys again in one place. So it was absolutely spectacular. Aww. You can't, you can't see it, but I'm giving Keith Scott a I'm sending him hand waves across the table. It's like you're trying to control his mind. <laughs> guys, I think for me, the highlight of PAX so far, I honestly... Uh, off the convention floor is is the four of us overlooking packs mm. from the media room. You know, we right outside the giant Pikachu. There's, a, there's Pikachu's ass is right outside. That's kind of cool. We want to in season three try and incorporate more voices more regularly in episodes. We're still going to have the dynamic duo, you mm-hmm. and me, Scott, doing some, but it will be nice to have multiple voices in episodes. Wish Will was here. Wish Andrew was here, so we could get all yep. six. But to have the four of us in one room, that's 
really cool. So I'm, I'm going to put that as my highlight. So here's what I thought. Here's what I had in mind, guys. I'm going to get down to the floor. What do you say we go to publisher to publisher, talk about what they've got going on, what some of the highlights have been, things coming down the road. Scott, you and I did this at Origins. Same mm-hmm. thing? You want to go did. that way? Sure. Okay. Ryan asked the questions. Josh, let's go get something new. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. Hey, what's up, adventurers? This is Andrew Chesney over at Chip Theory Games. Uh, we're here at uh, PAX and it is absolutely going crazy. We are here promoting uh, Burn Cycle as our latest big game, and that is the stealth robot game trying to overthrow the evil human corporations. And we're in the process of running up for the Victorum, which is the full solo gladiator game. Uh, that's going to be going out to backers in the next two or three weeks. So if you've managed to back that in the campaign earlier in the year, then uh, look out in your, uh, in your mailbox for that. Straight after that, we've got the new recruits, which is the reprint for uh, for Burn Cycle, and of course, Unbreakable. We are rounding off the the Too Many Bones series, which now has I think is over a thousand dollars worth of, uh, of games and add-ons and things like that, and that is absolutely blowing us out of the water. We actually very proudly managed to get into the top forty board game geek games of all time with uh, with Too Many Bones. So, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's going awesome, and of course, next year we'll see the launch of uh, Twenty Strong. So that is our like almost uh, one deck kind of you against the world, taking your 20 uh, dice, 20 units against them. And we're going to branch out into brand new territories for that one. We're working with uh, Manny Trembley on art for Tanglewoods. Now, is the plan going to be, like right now we have what, Hoplomachus mm-hmm. and Too Many Bones. Yes, yeah. you have, uh, what's the, the IP that's all not based on an existing game? So the, the space theme one for, for 20 Strong is going to be the Solar Sentinels. That's going to be a brand new world of yeah. gribbly alien bugs. And then yeah. the Solar Warriors who are basically powered by the sun to fight them off on the, on the barren wastelands. Is the plan eventually to release a Burn Cycle deck and then a Cloud Spire deck and you know, all the Chip Theory games? Absolutely, yeah. I think if, uh, if it gets uh, as much backing as the last or the first few decks have got, Mm-hmm. So we obviously did too many bones of Victorum as, as their own standalone decks for 20 Strong on the initial campaign with the Solar Sentinels. Tanglewoods, which is the fairy tale world, will be next summer. Um, and then after that, again, if we keep getting people asking for it, we'll absolutely make it. So yeah, Burn Cycle um, and all the other IPs. Why would we not put them in there? The whole point of 20 Strong is to allow us to explore new worlds as well as our own. What's bestseller of PAX? Bestseller of PAX is probably the Burn Cycle base game. It is absolutely flying out the door. Who knew a stealth a stealth game with robots, right? Is the coffee any good? Uh, oh my god, the coffee you is amazing. You have to say it's good. Be uh, honest, is so, it good? So we we make our games fueled on coffee. So okay. and we buy we spend a lot of money with Bones Coffee, the the company based out of Florida. Uh-huh. They sell online only. We contacted them and the owner went, "Oh my god, I've heard of your games." We went, "We love your coffee," and it was just like a match made in heaven. So an actual Bones uh, coffee producer that makes Bones Coffee, too many Bones game. Why it's you know it's perfect. I'm gonna get a bag before I leave today or tomorrow. They're gonna the adventurers are gonna hear all about whether or not the coffee's good. I'll, oh. I'll give you the scoop, guys. I'll tell you how it is for real. Andrew, thank you so much. Have a good con and thanks for sharing what's coming up thank with you Chip so Theory. Much, Scott, they gave us something really cool to review from Chip Theory Games. Was it a game topper? Because I know all about game toppers. Would you stop? <laughs> I'm sorry, it just happened right now. You're gonna go home and try and sell your wife on a game topper. <laughs> They gave us two bags of coffee. We're going to review the coffee. They gave us the promo chips. First thing we're going to do when we get home, Scott, is grind up a bag. We're going to try each of them. We have, uh, what is it, Liquid Life. Now, the only thing that would make it even better, since they do make too many bones, 
is if it was Bones Coffee. Or too many beans. It is. That's the thing. Shut up. It's Bones it's Coffee. It's a partnership with Bones Coffee. Oh, That's who makes God. their their coffee for Chip Theory. Perfect. That's pretty brilliant. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I like coffee. My wife likes coffee. And, you know, we also like something else that we actually got to play during PAX, and that would be Clank Catacombs. We finally got a copy from Direwolf Games, and we talked to Matt Hudson about it. Ooh, 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 ooh. And it sounds like Scott has something else to yeah, say what about Yeah, what are you doing? Is you it about Game Toppers? You said Direwolf? Stop nope, at the nope, Game nope, Toppers. Nope. <laughs> no. Hey, hey, hey. I'm, I'm focused on this one now. Oh, good. Go ahead. Direwolf means one thing to me. That means Dune Imperium, and I picked up the new expansion, Immortality, but the only bad thing is that... Oh, how, how about we let Matt from Direwolf Games tell us about it? That sounds yeah, awesome. Do that. Back to the floor. Hey, adventurers. I'm Matt Hudson here at Direwolf to talk to you a little bit about the new Dune Imperium Immortality expansion that we have as a sort of premiere here at PAX Unplugged. It'll be at retail in the next couple of weeks, but this is the first time anybody anywhere is getting their hands on it, and it's really exciting for Dune fans to see what's coming next for Dune Imperium. Uh, for those of you who are familiar, Dune Imperium is a deck-building, uh, worker-placement hybrid board game. And in its first expansion, Rise of Ix, we really focused on the worker-placement side of things with some new spaces on the board to send your agents that would build, you know, fearsome warships that you could take into battle and really kind of turn the tide of combat. Mm -hmm. Immortality takes the other side of that coin and really focuses on the deck-building components of Dune Imperium where it gives you a lot more precision and control over how you spend the cards in your hand to generate resources and have sort of explosive combo-driven turns. Mm -hmm. There's two big mechanics where that takes place. The first is in the graft mechanic, which shows up on cards in the Imperium route, where when you play a card with graft by sending an agent somewhere, you actually graft two cards together, and you get the benefits of both. So you play two cards oh. from your hand at the same time. Okay, okay. What that means is when you're spending cards more quickly during your agent phase, you're not going to have as many cards in your hand during the reveal phase, so you're trading some of your power on the back end to buy cards from the row in exchange for more acceleration at the start of a round, which really lets you sort of fine-tune how you're spending your cards and what you're trying to do strategically. Gives you another branch to go down. You're going to not focus so much on the battles and conflicts at the end of the round. You're going to focus on your purchasing power. Exactly. I exactly. like it. I like and it. The other uh, sort of related new thing that's going on is the science track. As you're doing some, you know, morally dubious scientific research into what House Flylaxu has to offer. As you go up on the science track, you'll be unlocking the ability to purchase cards from a totally separate row. I see. That are, okay. not, oh. that are purchased with science, not with an influence. These cards, you'll find a lot of combo potential, and that really carries some of the themes of the new expansion, focusing on the card play in your hand and how that can help propel you to victory and open up some new strategies. Well, I can't wait till Scott breaks it out with me. I'm telling you what, this is guaranteed to be played and talked about on the show within the next, like, week. Thanks for your time, Matt. I really appreciate it. What's been the, uh, the hot item here? Uh, Dune Imperium Immortality is flying off the shelves. It's <laughs> not available good. at retail. Also, Clank Catacombs. A new oh, implementation yeah. of Clank that just came to retail last week uh, has definitely been one of the, the highlights of the show. We have been swamped throughout the weekend. Excellent. Uh, yeah, it's been really fun to get out and sort of see people in convention space again. Well, thanks, Matt. I hope to talk to you next con. We'll be here. Oh, man. I love that I have the game. I'm so excited. 
the bad thing is it's just sitting in our room mocking me right now because I don't have the rest of the game with me. That's the exact same thing with me, Scott. Uh, I picked it up two days ago from PAX, and I am I, I don't even know what it has is going to bring to the table, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Scott cracked his open a moment. He, oh, as yeah. soon as we got back on Friday, he's like, look at this. Rip. Look, look at the art on the rule book. He's like, oh, God, the art on the rule book. He's, he's, he's gone it's fanboy. gorgeous. <laughs> Guys, you want to talk about hot games lately. There's this one that would not be hot if it wasn't themed the way it was. Well, maybe it would. I don't know. You know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly this. where you're going. This is Boop. <laughs> Boop. Boop from Smirk and Dagger Games has apparently been a real hot seller. We just did the spill not too long ago. That one was a lot of fun. Good co-op game. What do you say we get back to the floor and talk to Kurt? Boop. <laughs> hey, adventurers. How you doing? We're talking live from PAX. Man, it is an exciting show. Uh, the crowds are back and forth. It's big this year. Yeah. And I feel it's way bigger than last oh, year. Oh, it is absolutely bigger. Uh, I think people were just hungry to be back at a show and having fun. They're walking the halls. Uh, they're shopping for stuff they've been wanting. And oh, yeah. uh, man, what a show we've had. In our first day yep. uh, on Friday, we matched our numbers for all of last year. Whoa. It was crazy. So you're crushing it today. We then. are, cr and, and I think we're having that same day today. What's the hot game? Well, I have to say, the hot game has got to be Boop. Boop is adorable. It's about cats jumping on a bed and bouncing other cats out. It's an abstract strategy in this adorable wrapper. And we, I mean, 12,000 units moved from my warehouse out in two weeks. I had to put games aside just for this show or they were going to be gone. And I put aside 500. It's more than I've ever brought to any show. And I was like, I'm, I hope I don't have to take a lot of these back. I'm not going to have to take any back. We're probably going to sell out in the either tonight or in the morning. That's excellent. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. What can we look forward to down the road from Smirk and Dagger? What's coming up? Well, so we just finished our Kickstarter for Tesseract, which is an amazing uh, cooperative game that is uh, very... It's been called like the, the one of the most collaborative co-op games coming on the market. And it is a dice manipulation game with a cube of 64 dice representing a tesseract that you are trying to contain the cubes of. You're adjusting them up and down and trying to contain them. It is really, it really does focus on teamwork. There's no downtime. You are actively involved in everyone's turn talking about what we should do. And it's not quarterbacking per se, because there's there's so much information that you actually need people's perspectives to highlight some of the options. And that's the difference. It's a great one-player game and a great four-player game. If you're a one-player game, it's great because it just delivers a great puzzle for you. You are going to be blind to things that you're not seeing. Where a four-player game, you've got lots of opinions, but collaborating and finding the right way through so you have efficient actions you have to really work together to manage that. So it's an interesting back and forth depending on how many sure. players you have. Sounds awesome. Yeah, so late pledges are gonna be open by the time this probably airs, probably a week later, so yeah. Excellent, mid-December, mid to late December, late yeah. pledges? Yeah, yeah. All right, well thanks, Kurt, thanks for your time. Thank you, sir, have a good one. Josh, are you the only one that's played Boop at the table? Um, I haven't actually played Boop yet. I've yeah. <laughs> But the reason I'm excited about it is for many reasons. One, my co-host Andrew raves about it. Mm -hmm. And two, it is about cats jumping on a bed and literally trying to push each other off to make bigger cats. That is Wait, to make bigger cats? Yeah, you're making bigger cats in order to get three cats in a row. 
That's okay. what you're trying to do. So you're booping other cats and other cats to make bigger cats. When those bigger cats come together, you're getting them in a row. And that's what you're doing to boop. Okay. You're literally just trying to put big cats down. It causes ripples on the bed and they go boop in different directions. Bit of an abstract. Okay. It's, I it's, thought... it's an abstract game with cats on a bed. I thought boop was when you like bop them on the tip of the nose. You know, your cat having a boop. Yeah, that's, a, that, that's what you know the slang is for boop. But you ever the boop your game, cats? Hmm? You ever boop your cats? No, but I do put boxes on my game topper for my cats to oh, go geez. in whenever I You're done. You're oh. done. <laughs> well, Josh, I know a bit. Don't boop. We're done booping. I know a big part of your weekend has been pitching games to some of these publishers, one of which is one that, Scott, you and I have. A, so far, we have their entire library. Yes, IV Studios, they've, they've sent us Moonrakers. They've sent us Veiled Fate. And very soon, we're going to have Mythic Mischief on the show. Josh, I understand this morning you actually pitched to Ivy Studios. Yeah, no, Ivy Studios is starting to um, more aggressively expand their game library. They're mm-hmm. wanting to bring in other publishers to uh, their line so they can focus on more of the production and business side. Um, so I had the opportunity with some other pub- some other you know, designers to pitch them. It went great. They, they want to play my game with me so next, next year, so January, mm-hmm. we're going to sit down and play one of my games that you've actually played, you win a. And we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see where that goes. But I also actually picked up Mythic Mischief as well. Excellent. Yeah, that's going to be on the show in, in soon. To, if you, I'll tell you what we'll do. We're going to coordinate this. We'll get you on the episode for the review when we talk Mythic Mischief. They got something else coming down the line that they were telling Scott and I all about. Let's listen and see what Austin's got to say. Hello, adventurers. It has been a great PAX so far. I'm Austin Harrison with Ivy Studios. Uh, this is our second PAX where we've actually had something to sell to people. Uh, but we've had Moonrakers and Veiled Fate and Mythic Mischief here, and it has been a blast getting people to demo those. We have Mythic Mischief. I think you guys are going to be talking about that That's soon, right? That's going to be probably next episode or the one after. Awesome. I can't wait to hear what you thought of it. We're really excited. We're hopefully going to be coming back to Kickstarter with another Mythic Mischief campaign sometime next year. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. But speaking of that, actually, we have another game coming. Something new. Oh. Um, unannounced, actually. I think you may have seen a sneak peek on the screens, though. I... It's called Fractured Sky. It's going to be in April next year. And it is a kind of area control game we're not calling it that fully but basically you have 10 regions on a map and there's a public card that's going to tell you which of those regions gets a victory point and then there are going to be hidden cards that you have to pay resources to see where those victory points are going to fall and then you have three tokens that you can put 10 different troops on and you're putting those out in the map but you're also doing it blindly no one can see how many troops are on each token so i might sneakily put a 10 out there and my other two would be zeros if i really wanted to win one region or another so it's a lot of bluffing a lot of a uh, little bit of engine building and just a lot of trying to figure out the best information for you so Excellent. yeah what's been the hot ticket item for you guys uh, between build fate mythic mischief and moonrakers first of all that's a hell of a lineup. Yeah, thank for you. For bringing three games, what's been the hot ticket here? Uh, Moonrakers was was what people came to talk about because we just had the Kickstarter for that not long yep. ago. But Mythic Mischief is what most people are picking up. Yeah, yeah, That's it's awesome. it's our first packs with Mythic Mischief here, so I think people have just been seeing it online or whatever and, and get to pick it up here. Got to so. get them playing some build fake. Get people yeah. pointing fingers at each other. <laughs> yeah, that game got nasty when we were playing. <laughs> oh man, Austin, we, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for coming by. Scott, very first night we had the chance to go out to dinner. You invited me to the group with Berkey. Mm-hmm. That yes. was nice. That was a great place. We went to it two years, three years ago, actually. And there was a huge lineup of people. We can get in. We went in Thursday, and it was great. No real line. Sat down, had a huge, huge meal there. 
And then we got a chance to talk with Rob from Cypher Games. Yeah. And he was telling us about his little game, well, actually, the game that's going for Guinness World Record here soon, Overbattle. Adventures, I'm going to let Rob tell you a little bit more about Overbattle. Hi, Adventurers. This is Rob McBride with Scyther Gaming and Overbattle. We are at PAX Unplugged right now, 2022, on the showroom floor. We're looking over our game, Overbattle the All War. It's massive. It is set in space, and so the universe is pretty big, and so is the game, right? Oh, yeah. And the game is gigantic. This game supports two to four players per table. You can move through table to table through a wormhole. And so we can actually get five to eight players in a two-box setup. The nice thing about that is it's also you're looking at one-twelfth of the world record. We've applied for Guinness. Okay. This supports 12 tables, 48 players. It's the biggest board game in the world. That's absurd. You're looking at one-twelfth of it right now. What we do here is what we're trying to do is control the planets, the moons, and the asteroids. All right. That's going to drive up our economy. The more economy we have, however, we need to protect that. And okay. so through open space, we're going to have space fleet combat to protect our planets, our moons, and our money. With four or more players, we've got a traitor in our midst. Nice. We have a faction here called the Sin. And what they do is they will work with you against me and work with me against you. But some point in the game, they're going to turn on all of us. Oh, okay, okay. Like an NPC name. That sounds amazing. It feels like an AI, but it's actually player controlled. Someone put your most sinister player in that seat. Mm -hmm. And so when we're on multiple tables, we're playing as a team. And so now we're going to have teams of yellow, teams of red, teams of blue. Oh, that allows us to add very little overhead to the playtime. We're going to be eight players. We've only added an hour to the whole game. So that's pretty unique, especially in a game of this size. It does fit a six-foot pop-up table, and it takes every bit of all six feet. Oh, it looks it. I can't wait. I'm telling you what I'm seeing this side. We have, looks like the space theme. What am I seeing on the other? So, it uh, looks like the same thing, but there's dragons going on. From my left side, we've got Overbattle the All War. On my right side, we have Overbattle Rise of Kings. And Rise of Kings is the follow-up to the All War. It takes the overbattle system mm -hmm. and how we disperse amongst the worlds, how we put our planets and moons out there. Now we're doing that with castles and villages and farms. We also have some forests and some swamps and dragons and wizards and knights All the and territory and terrain. And so it takes everything here and it pushes that up to a whole new level in that fantasy realm. Now I've got to ask you, I see there's ripples in the table. You need a new table or something. Those are brand new. No one's seen those before, and I know we're on a podcast. These are underneath the mat. I call them game risers. And what we've done is we've added terrain to the board without impacting the visual of the mat itself. They literally slide underneath literally the neoprene mat to create the elevation. That's correct. And they are player controlled. So your players are going to decide, do I want to have terrain? Where do I want to have terrain? So every game is going to be unique and different. Excellent. When's this coming to Kickstarter? This is going to kickstart in 2023, maybe the spring, maybe the fall. In the summer, we're all on vacation. So it's going to be one or the other. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'll be keeping an eye out for this one and hopefully get over battle on the show in the near future. 
Have a good convention. Thank you. See ya, adventurers. I saw this one set up, Scott, and I, this thing looks massive. Looks yes. like Twilight Imperium. I understand you can go across multiple tables or something, yeah. but you were telling me last night he's going for a, a world record of some sort. That he is, where every time you go through a wormhole, you're going to roll a d12, and that is going to go to a different table, where a different battle is going to be going on. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to coordinate it with another game convention so they can be part of the Guinness World Record for the largest game played ever. So it should be interesting. Speaking of big games, did you guys see the giant Frosthaven boxes down oh at the Oh my uh, lord, yes. Throw out your back trying to pick that up. He said he gets 32 games on a pallet. That's... And it's like a third of what you're supposed yeah, to get. Gosh, I mean that that game is so massive. It wasn't the game I was most excited about. I mean, they announced the Gloomhaven RPG. Yeah, which I'm the big RPG guy. Oh yeah, that actually might get me to play a Gloomhaven game. Oh okay, okay. So I'm excited about that one. Oh, I'm glad to have Isaac on the show. We got his audio. Let's get back on the floor, adventures. Let's listen in on Isaac Childress about Frosthaven, Gloomhaven, and as Josh said, the Gloomhaven RPG. Hi, adventurers. Uh, my name is Isaac Childress. I'm the owner of, of Cephalofair Games, uh, designer of Gloomhaven and Frosthaven. The convention's going really well for us. Yeah. Uh, we've got Frosthaven for sale for the first time uh, anywhere, and uh, yeah, it's 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 going off the shelves. Oh, and yeah. you know, everybody obviously loves Gloomhaven. They're all like super excited to get into Frosthaven. Mm -hmm. uh, I understand that on one pallet truck, you can fit two boxes with Frosthaven. <laughs> We can fit 30 boxes per pallet, which How is uh, which is a feat. It's a very large pallet. But uh, yeah, and then we also announced the RPG uh, yesterday, mm -hmm. which went over really well. We did a live play uh, of that, and everyone loved it. And so, yeah, we're getting people excited for that, too. Mm -hmm. um, it's coming to Backer Kit in April, along with our miniatures. How many have you sold yet? Um, it's been over 100. Over 100? Yeah, yeah. Holy cow. Which is like... Impressive, given like the size of the game, and people have to lift it gonna and it. carry it out of here. That says something to the game. Now, you said on Backer Kit, we can look forward to the Gloomhaven RPG. When's the date? Uh, it's in April. We don't have a specific date yet, but uh, they can go to Backer Kit and uh, find all the notify find me all on details. launch. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all up and running. That's awesome. Will Frosthaven eventually have a digital version? Yeah, to be determined. Yeah, we're definitely thinking about it, talking to people about it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, thank you so much for your time. Have a good rest of PAX, and uh, we'll look forward to the next one. Awesome. Thanks. You too. Ryan, I know you and I are jonesing to get a campaign together. The problem is I have it on... What, do I have it on Steam? No, I have it on that Epic. You have it on You Epic have it on Steam. I have it on Steam, <laughs> and they don't seem to work together. We tried, and we tried, and it just does not work. But I do want to get in a game with you. Scott and I did Jaws of the Lion uh, with almost two years. You believe it's been almost two years since oh we did that? Oh my gosh, that's insane. That is a, my God. What a game. Can't wait to see what's coming out with this RPG and learning more as they get closer to launch. One of our friends who is close to launch is Sam from BA Games. Doesn't he do Call to the Deep? Yeah, that's a BA Games game. He's got another one coming out, too, that Ryan and I played not too long ago. I'm going to take it to Sam first so he can tell us about it. Then we come back. Ryan, uh, we can share some thoughts on this one, okay? Let's do it. All right. Hello, adventurers. This is Sam from BA Games, and we're here at PAX Unplugged 2022, put on the air, and uh, it's been a good trip. We've got a good, good time. So we've had Call to the Deep here, and that's been doing real well. People are getting 
getting involved, stabbing each other. It's a great time. So, and then uh, the big thing for us, though, has been uh, our new game, Forges of Ravenshire, which is hitting Kickstarter in April. Um, you heard it. If it's not up in April. Sam's fault. Sam's fault. <laughs> that's my brother. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, 95% sure we're hitting it in April. We got pretty much everything done, uh, prototyping-wise. It's looking real good. The art's coming together. We've had a lot of very strong commitments be like, I will just let me know. I'll be there. And this game is going to be even bigger than our last one. So we're pretty excited. <laughs> so if you and your brother got in a fight, who would win? Me. What's your brother's name? Uh, that's my brother, Ed. He, he's part of right, right, right. it. <laughs> uh, see, I could win because he nearly died just now. So yeah, at this point. point. <laughs> hey, we'll see you at uh, Gen Con? Yes, indeed. All right, looking forward to it. Yeah, Forges of Ravenshire, we actually played at Gen Con for a little bit, and then we enjoyed the game. We saw all sorts of potential with this game. He asked for some feedback, and I gave him a few pointers of something that I thought could change, and he actually did change quite a few of them, and it, it seems to work much better. There's a more produced copy that he has to share, and I'm looking forward to seeing the end result of this whole thing. Yeah, hopefully we get the uh, the final product on Kickstarter here in the coming months. I think he said, said he's shooting for spring, but you know how that goes. Sometimes it doesn't happen until summer. That said, I'm going to be keeping an eye on, and hopefully we can get a side quest and get Sam on the show a little bit more as we get closer to Forges of Ravenshire. Indeed. All right, I'm going to take the mic now. Now, whenever I got a chance to walk around this morning before the gates opened here and let the throngs of people in, I saw one of our old friends, Mantis Falls, and got a chance to talk with Julie about everything that's going on and the serendipity of what happens when a pandemic happens whenever you have a new game coming out. Well, Julie, listen. what do you have to say about this? Hi, adventurers. This is Julie. I am with Mantis Falls, uh, the board game and uh, Distant Rabbit Publishers. So um, I want to tell you a little bit about Mantis Falls. We've been selling it at PAX. This is our second year. Last year, we had actually just gotten our stock in, and it was our first year selling completely untested. We've had an amazing year since then. Um, we're back here and really excited. So it's a two to three player hidden roll game, which is pretty unusual for uh, hidden roll games Very. to be two player. Yeah. Um, so the way that it works is it's a sometimes cooperative game and you are playing sort of a witness to a crime in a mob ruled city. You've got to escape this city with your life and you are accompanied by a stranger who says at least that they are a witness like you are. If that's actually true, they might be your best chance of escape because there's all manner of obstacles and events and incidents that are going to harm you along the way. Um, and if that's true, if you're both witnesses, your goal is to get to the end of the road, out of town, together and alive. One player dies, the other one loses as well. It's no witness left behind. But if that person is actually an assassin instead, then your whole goal, your victory condition changes. Your goal is now to kill the assassin before the assassin kills you. I was walking around after PAX last year uh, around Pittsburgh in my local Barnes & Noble and they were doing a restock. It wasn't on the shelf yet, but I couldn't help but notice a box of Mantis Falls. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. we've been in Barnes & Noble. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, we are excited. Basically, when our um, stock came in, Mantis Falls was already you know, doing pretty well from Kickstarter and stuff, and we had maybe like uh, 3,000 extra units that we were going to try and sell through throughout the year. And Barnes & Noble just said, like, uh, can you give us everything that you've got? And took oh. all the rest of our stock. So we were sold out basically immediately, but it was, yeah, it was great to be. It's a good problem to have. I know, yeah. Yeah, can't complain. Well, Julie, yeah. thanks so much. Thank you. You're going to see, uh, we'll see you at Origins? Well, we might have to do another print run before then. <laughs> yeah. Good luck to you. Yeah. Then. All right. Thank you, adventurers.
it was great talking to her again there and hearing all the great things about it. And still, I look at that game, I have a love-hate relationship where I love it, but I hate the fear of not knowing what your per- the other person in the game is going to do to you. Mm-hmm. You're always waiting for them to stab you or something. Expected betrayal. Uh, you know another one I know you love is Netrunner. Oh, yes. You're all about Netrunner. Ryan, you're a Netrunner fan, too. Not necessarily. Okay, I was wrong. Ryan, you know. <laughs> okay, once somebody else... Not, not, you. Well, you might know the fact that like, I had a friend who is going to do the re-implementation of Netrunner, uh, which was coming out, that came out on PAX. Uh, I thought that year. what we were playing down there, was, or what, what he was showing us was the Yes, from Null Signal. Yeah, oh. that, that's it. Yes, yes. We've come full circle. Yes, Sorry, we have. So, yeah, well, they're having a great show again this time at PAX, and they have a lot of their product there. I picked some up, and let's hear what they have going on. Hi, everyone. This is Dan from uh, Null Signal Games here. And, yeah, we are a completely volunteer, registered nonprofit organization that is continuing the game Netrunner. We started in 2018, and we have been putting out cards ever since and organized play kits. So we have put out five products so far with a six coming out next week. By the time that this goes live, it's already going to be out. Um, And the idea behind it is to make the game as accessible as possible for everyone to get in and play, as well as uh, make sure that the community is still thriving. So our cards are completely available for free on our website as print and play files, as well as through our print-on-demand partners as well. So you can you can go online, you can buy our cards through our print-on-demand partners, or you can just download them for free and play because uh, we want to make sure that even if you, we don't want to have financial strain be a reason why you can't play the game. You can also play the game completely for free on our on uh, Genteki.net, an online platform. So. We've just been continuing the game. We have a 200-person Worlds Championship that went in a couple months ago. That was uh, pretty big. And, uh, yeah, we've just been having a blast doing it. Dan, thank you. I cannot tell you how happy I am someone's running with Netrunner. It is great. I picked up my decks, and I'm ready to teach this little uh, guy here how to play Netrunner. <laughs> And this year has been a huge amount of growth for the organization. Uh, for those that uh, might have heard of us before, we just went through a big rebrand. We used mm-hmm. to be called Project Nisei. Um, we just did a big rebrand in September. Now we're called Null Signal Games. Um, so you might have heard of us before. Same, same cards, same us, just a new name. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much, Dan, for your time. Look forward to seeing more stuff, and thank you for your time. Have a great last day of the con. You as well. You know what, I'm not going to lie, it was more into Magic the Gathering. I never got into Android Netrunner because, I mean, it was a Magic play. You only need one card game, but I am excited now that Magic's in the past. I kind of want to see what's going on with that. Josh, I guess we're going to wrap it up with Board Game Tables and Joe. Why don't we start with Joe and hear what's coming up? Sounds good. Hey, adventurers. Um, Yeah, it's uh, here at PAX Unplugged, and... I'm having a great time. It's uh, been an insanely busy day, but uh, you know that because you've been helping out at the booth. I'm losing my voice every day, Joe. Yeah, and like, it's just packed. I felt like we had like at least 150 people in this booth yesterday and they're just demoing everything. We got demos in the back, demos in the front. We got bags flying off the shelves. It's crazy, but everything's just going so great. We're showing off a lot of our brand new expansions for Kabuto Sumo, for On Tour, for Bites, for QE. And we got our brand new titles, Basket Boss. 
nine lives and habitats. And those have been demoing incredibly well. We have sold so many of them. I highly recommend that if you are interested in some really great games to play over the holidays, check out habitats, nine lives if you like trick taking games. Basketball, I know sports games don't always do that well, but this game is really cool. It's got a mechanic where you're actually playing as the manager. It's an auction game. It's fantastic. And I really hope people check it out. But all of these games have been doing super well, but the entire industry is just, you can tell, is back, is excited, is in full force. And this has been one of the best PAXs I've ever been to. Joe, I've been telling everybody, Basketboss is like my hidden gem. Maybe not so hidden gem of this convention. I learned it when I got here. Same thought. Oh, it's a sports game. I don't know. It's so good. It is so good. It'll be on the show soon enough, adventurers. It's really done really great. We tried to do the artwork where we captured this like NBA Jam kind of like sport simulator video game vibe with it. And I think we did a really good job. The art's fantastic. There's a lot of like hidden jokes in the names of the teams that we created. So if you're a BoardGameTables.com fan, you're going to be able to know which games are being referenced in each one of those. But definitely check it out. There's a lot of fantastic things going on in that game. And of course, you got to pick up those medal trophies. Well, Joe, thanks so much for your time. We actually, just being recorded, what, three minutes before opening on Sunday? So we got the last day of the con coming up. Have a good one. Yeah, you got a demo booth to man, so excited about <laughs> <Of course>. it. <laughs> All right, take care. Now, Josh, we both had the chance to work for them. Let, let's talk a little yeah. bit of some of the highlights about what's going down with board game tables. We taught every game there five times. You got the floor. Well, you may have taught every game there five times. I taught the same game 20 times, <laughs> maybe 40 times. I, I I was put in charge of their newest release, Basket Boss, which is a basketball team manager game mm -hmm. that, that we were basically auctioning for players and trying to manage your starting lineup to be the best manager of all time. Mm -hmm. um, it's great. It's a really good auction game. It's uh, two to five players. I think it best plays best in a larger group. Yeah, but people were going gaga over that one. They, they, they saw basketball. What's this? And like It's a team management game. Like, wait, what? It, we're not playing basketball? But then they started playing it. People absolutely loved it. I mean, yeah. It's not my favorite board game tables game, but like... Like you, I, you showed me Nine Lives, mm -hmm. which I thought was fantastic. Ryan, you got in on some Nine Lives. I did. I really enjoyed it. In fact, after you guys taught me Nine Lives, I brought my wife over to teach her a trick-taking game. It happened to be Nine Lives. Yeah. Board Game Table's whole line is really solid. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I will have to say, PAX is coming to a close, and there's one thing that I think we all are suffering from. What's Maybe that? me a little bit more than others, but that is lack of sleep and absolute yeah. exhaustion. <laughs> but that is a great feeling because you know we've had such a great time seeing so many great people getting together, especially all you guys, a lot of great friends, and having a wonderful weekend. Maybe we didn't get a chance to spend that much time together with each other, but just knowing that you're in the same room, you get a chance to say hey and everything else, that's a special thing that you get to do. And just remember, if you do get sleepy from PAX, there's always the soft neoprene mask and many different designs from Game <laughs> no, Toppers. Stop it. Oh, yes. I'm glad you brought <laughs> you that up for You're game. enabling get him. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> enabling but I agree. There have been many awesome things happening about PAX. I think the biggest surprise for me was that I was in the, I brought my family with me, and I was in the impression I wasn't going to be able to spend any time with them because of you know vaccine mandates and mask mandates and stuff like that. Well, Friday comes around. I'm at board game tables. I see a bunch of kids walking around, not wearing, not requiring the vaccine wristbands that they hand out, 
and about my kid's age. There's so, like an age limit. Yeah, there, I, was, I, was like, I was like, hey, would you, hey, would you be? What's going on? I walk up to these people. I was like, hey, I'm sorry to be weird, but did they let your kids in without bringing them and stuff? They're like, oh, yeah, no, they're not, they're not doing that this year. And I was like, wait, what? My mind's blown. And then Katie from Board Game Tables was kind enough to actually give me an extra exhibitation badge because I didn't buy a ticket for my wife because she can go in. I got to spend some Did time. Did you see exhibitation? Exhibitation badge. Exhibitor. It's exhibitor, yeah. But I got an exhibitor badge, and I was able to spend some time with my family. I was able to bring my son in and my wife in, and we're spending today, I mean, son's part of Saturday, walking around packs. So that was a huge surprise for me, major highlight. You know what? I led off with the highlight being being able to spend time with you guys because uh, my, I'll, I'll, I'll conclude the episode with one of my highlights, which was actually running into Jamie from the Secret Cabal. I know he's been through a bit this last year, what with uh, uh, his battle that he won. But I actually I posted the picture of it and I said, you know what? I think this means a heck of a lot more to me than it does for him. I don't think he even knew me. I was like, hey, Jamie, I need to get your picture. Well, I met him two days ago. And then yesterday I was like, I didn't get a picture. And I... I feel like a turd even asking. But. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, come here, man. Uh, so it, it was really cool to be able to, uh, to meet him and barely talk to him. But he was like, we've listened to him for years. You know, eventually you feel like you're friends. So it's kind of neat to see that person in the flesh and, and to have that opportunity was really cool. And that was a fun thing there because one of the first origins I went to was when I got a chance to meet Jamie. I met Berkey. And I just had a moment here a little while ago, the three of us standing back in the back of the booth, just chatting away, and it was great to relive those memories once again. Guys, we're down to the last, like, three hours of this show. Let's say we call this for the side quest. We get down there, a couple more games, and we go our separate ways. And slap that biscuit. And slap them biscuits. Oh, God. Is that how we're signing off to slap the biscuit? <laughs> when in doubt, slap the biscuit. Thank you, adventurers, for joining us for this episode of the Level Up Board Game Podcast. We encourage all adventurers to check out our website at levelupgamepodcast.com. That's where you can submit your thoughts and audio to be used in a future episode. Please consider rating us on iTunes, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and join the Board Game Geek Guild, Guild 3722. Music for the podcast provided by Adam Haynes and the Heatley Brothers. And remember, whether in hobby or in life, always do what you can to level up.